Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Welcome to this episode of I Date Money and Money Talks. Money talks, are you listening? So many of us ignore money without even realizing it. And even people who are in finances, such as accountants and bookkeepers, they're like, wait, what's money saying? I'm only going to focus on this one part. In today's episode, we're going to be diving deep into money stories, into an interesting perspective about money mindset. Today, we have Krista Bannon joining us. She is a mindset and manifestation mentor, yoga instructor, and mama of two. She partnered with her fiance and created their new business, The Priceless Life. And priceless is spelled P-R-Y-C-E-L-E-S-S. I'm sure we'll hear more about that. They help people master their mindset and align their feelings and thoughts so they can manifest their priceless life. And you know how much I love this because as you know, listeners out there, I'm always talking about captivating our thoughts and really connecting with that feeling, feeling that feeling and expressing it. Feelings want to be seen and heard, just like money wants to be seen and heard. Imagine thoughts and money are a person. What's your relationship look like? So thank you, Krista, so much for sharing this space with us, for being here. I'm excited to learn more about this priceless life. But before we dive deep into your business and your new endeavor, tell us, what is your earliest childhood memory with money? When was the very first time you met money? So I know for a fact my mom's going to be listening to this and she's probably going to cringe a little when I say this, but she used to give me her debit card and I would go to the ATM and she would be like, hey, pull out some cash or whatever. Click the credit line button when you go. So I remember vividly being like, okay, that's just the task at hand. I'd go and I'd take out cash out of the credit line. And now that I'm older and know what a credit line is and have a credit line, I'm like, oh, is that really what we've been doing with the debit card? I also remember being at the grocery store, specifically in our hometown, and being like, I'll pay, you know, when kids want to like pay with their card or whatever, feel like an adult. And I'd be like so excited when it would be approved. And I probably made my mom just like cringe in public. We had money. It wasn't like that. It was just, I was so jazzed to see that approved. And that would be like my first memory of money. And it wasn't my money, but yeah, it was an interesting experience. Yeah, you were in the entrusted soul with that money. And I love it. I love seeing the approve button too. Like I, I know there's plenty of money, but there's something that charge that that uses some kind of endeavor. What is it called? An, a, 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 
Yeah. Well, how do you say that? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. when you get that and release, you're like, woohoo. You're like you're, you're, you could just feel your whole body inside going, woohoo, let's have a party. It's approved. Yes. Yeah. Tell yeah. me, what was it like? Like, you know, because debit card versus cash, there's a totally different feel to that. So what did it feel totally. like onto that credit card, put it into the machine and then exchange, like insert card, get cash? Yeah. You know, it was really interesting because I, I mean, I'm almost 31. So I grew up with cash and cards. Like it wasn't just only cash, like it would have been, you know, earlier on, but now we're only cards, it seems. But it was interesting because I don't know if I really valued money when I was that age, right? Like these are like, this is years ago. But I also remember my grandparents and our family like giving us cash. And now when I give my daughter cash, even if it's $5 to go buy something, you know, help mommy pay the look on her face, it's excitement. And it's like thrilling to hold this cash. And I don't know if I felt that as a child. I don't remember having that like experience. I just remember being like, yay, it was approved. This is awesome. I'm an adult now that I have, you know, the debit card. Yeah. Well, I was kind of surprised. Um, my youngest is 25 and my oldest is 37. And when they, my 25 year old hit college age, like a couple of years, you know, junior in high school, he was getting credit card offers. I'm like, what? You know, he got his first job. Then all of a sudden he had credit card offers. I'm like, no, this is not right. He's no. not even 18. He doesn't even work full time. Stop it, people. Yeah. We're not teaching our kids to go into debt at this age. Yes. And um, yeah. it just it just floors me to think that, oh yeah, we need credit. What was your your mom's favorite money idiom grew, growing up that you adopted as your own? Um, yeah. So like work hard for money, you have to work super hard, like really, really hard. And money doesn't grow on trees was a thing that I heard a lot when Mm -hmm. I was a kid. And did you understand those idioms? (laughs) What does it mean to work hard for your money? You know, I thought for most of my life until very recently that working hard for money meant like hours exchanged for money or like, you know, energy exchange for money in the way of like, you have to be exhausted at the end of your day in order to have earned that money. Now I stopped working full-time corporate job in 2018. So I haven't had that like grind Mm -hmm. mentality for someone else. I've definitely had it for my own business and I'm shifting that a little bit myself right now, but you know, it's like working hard for money was like, I saw people physically working hard, you know, Mm -hmm. like being in the outside and, and, you know, using their body and whatever. But now I'm just like, this is not really necessary. We're in a digital age. You don't have to work 60 hours a week to earn, you know, that little amount of money. Did you ever watch the Jetsons? You know, I think I did when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. The Jetsons, you know, he went to work for four hours a day and he was on the keyboard, you know, like, and this is a show in the seventies that I grew up with that there were no keyboards. Right. And he's working away doing the keyboard. And after four hours, he's like, oh, my fingers are killing me. I've worked so hard today. (laughs) And every time someone says they work hard for the money, that's exactly what I picture. That's the little, you know, air air bubble that goes up in my brain. And I think about that because I had a guest yesterday who is like, yeah, you have to work really, really hard for your money. And I'm like, well, what exactly does that mean? And she had described it the same exact way. And what does it look like for money to work hard for us? And and just kind of twist yeah. that plot around. And I know as a money mindset coach, you're like, yeah, I like that perspective, yeah. right? 
How has your, you, you know, you talk about money grows on trees. So what did you adopt that as your, as your own? I think so. I think I, I think if I can put it in present day Krista terms, it's like, there's not enough money, mm-hmm. even though I'm looking out my window right now and all I see are trees. So if money, you know, like, but it's like, there was never enough. It was like, money doesn't grow on trees equals lack mentality. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, I've obviously shifted out of that. And I know that there's an abundance of money and abundance of energy and our ability to create and pull in money. But yeah, it was, it was this lack mentality and it took me a really long time to shake that. I went through different cycles in my life of using that and having different words for it, but it was really just, there's never going to be enough and you have to keep working super hard to, yeah. in order to get just enough. Yeah. One, one guest I had on a few weeks back, she grew up in a neighborhood where one of her friend's families had a money tree in their house. And when you walked in, there was actually money on the tree. <laughs> and funny. I really love this concept. I'm sure you can buy it, you know, like in one of the fancy stores, you know, it's probably when I was growing up, we had a fake wooden tree that had like birds on it. And I, yeah. I always, I always loved it. And I always said, oh, I want that in my house. But then when it was time for it to be mine, I was like, no, I don't want that in my house. I want a money tree. And when I yeah. think of that, like you can actually get this tree and and put money on it and there's your money tree. But you know, money's That's made funny. out of paper. I, my mom used to say that to me and I'd be like, money's made out of paper. It does so grow from trees. <laughs> yeah. It's like, going to be technical here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, come on. And yeah, but that sense of lack and a lot of a lot of people don't matter how much money they have coming in or how little they have coming in, have this mentality is it, you know, is there going to be enough or there isn't enough, therefore I must hoard it. And they hold so yes. tightly on to it. So when you started off with your business, how you how long have you been in business for? So we, the priceless life just began. And I'll give you a little backstory with our six-month-old daughter. We in Canada have like a year uh, maternity leave, Mm -hmm. but you need to pay into it in order to get it. And so I took the year with our first daughter, but I didn't have, I wasn't working for anyone. So I didn't pay into that benefit. So from our second daughter, I couldn't take the, the leave, but my partner could. So he's home from his very physical labor job for like Mm -hmm. 10 months. So we were like, what can we do at home that we have the space for with the two kids? And the priceless life was born. So that is very brand new. It's even newer than our little six month old, but I've been an entrepreneur since I would say, I think 2018, 2017. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about this today. I know for a fact that I lived in lack mentality in my early you know, years of entrepreneurship. It was very much, where is it going to come from? I need to know every dollar. Where is it being spent? Like that was the energy of it. And, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you really don't know. (laughs) It's kind of a free for all, right? And it's like, you got to be open to all the different opportunities that, that come forward. But yeah, the new business, we have shifted our mindset and I, and that's why we want to teach people and help people because it wasn't until I got out of that lack mentality that I could see there's always going to be enough. There's mm-hmm. always going to be more. And if more people adopted that mentality, the world wouldn't be so angry and constricted and, you know, like in that lack mentality, we wouldn't have that. If people right. opened up, it would be like, wow. 
we're yeah. all vibing on that same level, you know? <laughs> yeah. And ha- creating that reciprocal energy of giving and receiving, I have found yeah. my own journey and my client's journey. This is where it starts. Like when we can show gratitude, you know, we we tend to focus on the negative and what's going wrong and why isn't there enough? And this bill comes in. What do you mean? I don't remember having this bill and like, oh, darn, I forgot to add this to my budget. You know, and then that yeah. creates this animosity towards money. And it's just like you get mad and money and it's almost like you give money the silent treatment. And if we could just yeah. stop and think about what we're saying consciously and subconsciously and really just think about that, like, where does that really come from? So when you created the priceless, and just curious, why do you spell it P-R-Y versus P-R-I? So my partner's last name is Price, P-R-Y-C-E. And in September, we're tying the knot and I'm officially getting his last name, which I'm so excited about. But we were just like, we want to play on this energy of like price, priceless, like how can we, and we came up with the priceless life because this is our priceless life. I remember that MasterCard commercial yep. where it was like, da 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 this priceless, you know? Yeah. And that stuck with me. And I was like, hey, what is priceless to us? Like what money can't buy? It's not about the money, even though it right. is, but it's not, you know? So that's exactly. why we... Yeah, that's really I love that. that. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> well, congratulations. September, what are you getting married? What day? 29th. 29th. Okay. 29th. My yeah. anniversary is the 18th. So, yeah. 30 year anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That's so beautiful yeah. to hear. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's not an easy ride. You know, there's lots of ups and downs. And, you know, you just yeah. got to stick with it and work through it. And, you know, just like having yeah. that relationship with money, you know, if you ignore money, it's not, you know, it's going to stay away from you. And if you talk to it and, yeah. and get it, I have some clients who actually write letters to money and they're like, okay, money, yeah. let's, we, we need to see eye to eye on this situation right here. This is what I need. This is what I want. What do you, let's like, how are we going to partner together and work together? And I love that concept because when we write anything down, it does something differently than when we just speak it. And our, our mm-hmm. voice is really powerful. I always tell my clients, like, speak your thoughts into a voice recorder if you don't want to write it down and mm-hmm. listen back to it. But there's something about the power of pen and paper that just changes the way our thought process works. What are some mm-hmm. of the tools that you've been implementing to change your mindset around money? What, what are some of your limiting beliefs and how have you changed them? So limiting beliefs, definitely that I wasn't. I don't know. I don't know if I ever thought I was worthy of receiving money, like in a big way, you know, like I, like I said, I've been an entrepreneur for, you know, the past five years, but it, it was like, I'm really great at this. I can share my gifts, but Ooh, I don't know if I could get that much money, you know? And so I had this definitely limiting beliefs, lack mentality, but not being worthy of it. And just not even knowing my capacity to receive. So what I've been working on, and I love that you set up the pen to paper, that's journaling is something that I practice every day. And, you know, it's really helped that I have my partner also does it. So we have our little journaling moments in the morning and right before bed. And that's 
how we start our day and end our day on this positive note. So I journal um, what I'm grateful for. I think gratitude is the absolute most important thing. We actually developed the priceless method to manifesting. And that's the first step of this method is gratitude, having great gratitude for what you already have, and then also opening up to be grateful for what you want to bring in. So that's a whole nother thing. But um, I also write out affirmations. So something that is really powerful for me to help me shift out of that you know, confused mentality about receiving is I'm open to receiving. I am abundant. I, you know, I am open to receive money. You know, it's been writing these, these affirmations down. I'm worthy of money. I'm worthy of wealth. I can create wealth. Um, Affirming to myself every day, writing it down and then having conversations. Now we're in the business of mindset and money. So it's really good that I can, I'm always learning and I'm always sharing, you know, whether it's on social media or having conversations with my partner, whatever it is, it's like, it's always on top of mind. And, um, but yeah, journaling has been, it's just been a blessing in this whole, this whole shift. Yeah, that's powerful. And I've been in the practice of doing a gratitude journal since 2013. I thought it was 14, but Facebook reminded me it was 2013, which is like, oh, okay, wow. it was earlier. And um, in the last three, four years, I started being thankful for things that I'd like to have and really yeah. focusing on, okay, and envisioning it, you know, just same way an athlete envisions their shots, you know doing this with our money, you know, creating money buckets. You all, everyone heard about the bucket list. You've probably seen the movie, yeah. um, but applying that to, to money, having these goals and envisioning, like, what does it look like purposely planning for your dollars? Cause everyone wants to be a millionaire, but no one wants to take the steps to get there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I hear a lot, you know, you know, in my program, we talk about the mindset as well, but we go back because the thoughts that we form from childhood actually dictate how we're going to be. And I have the money dating game, which has different archetypes of personalities, which we all have one of these archetypes, Mm -hmm. but there's a dominant personality. And of course, there's the partner that we want to be like. And Ian, the investor is the most popular followed by money, the uh, Maverick, the moneymaker. And I think about, okay, what's the best way to make money? And most people are like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. I just want passive income. (laughs) What mindset tool would you give to somebody that has this thought process of, well, I want to be Maverick, the moneymaker, but I don't want to, I just want passive income. I don't really want to work hard for my money. Yeah. So that's, that's it. That passive income has been floating around our algorithms uh, a lot. And I can appreciate people wanting to live their life outside of work because there's also that mentality of work, 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 and never enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. But also I want to be able to have that energy exchange. I worked really hard to c- develop this course or create this product. I'd like to be, you know, compensated for that. And there's mm-hmm. that beautiful energy, you know, and you can feel good about that, but yeah, to shift out of being wanting to be a millionaire and not having any drive to do it. It's like, that's to me, manifestation of money is not sitting there and just being like, I'm going to get money today. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. It's just not how it works. And our minds are so powerful, but what we have to shift out of is that passivity into a place of that just reminded me another thing, but, um, into a place of like, I see this goal. Like you were saying, the athlete sees the shot or the end of the track or whatever it is. You see that goal, you have 
your desire, your manifestation, your goal in mind. And then every day you take a small step towards it. So instead of creating these goals that are like, you know, I want to be a millionaire and then sit on your couch all day, that's just not going to happen. There has to be an energy, uh, an energy flow, right? That you can open up to receive. For me, it's like our business and we want to cultivate, you know, a community and we want to create this environment where people come and they can be served by what we have to offer. Well, I can't sit around all day and just do nothing about that. Like when I post on Instagram or wherever it is, okay, that's my one small step for the day. Or when I think of of a great idea for a product, write it down. That's my step for the day. It doesn't have to be this like overwhelming, you know, hard work, but it has to be work. It has to be some sort of, like you said, give and receive, right? Of energy. And I would say the biggest thing is, you know, take one small step each day towards that goal. If a millionaire is what you're wanting to become, well, how are you going to do that? You know, and, and when you figure that out, then open up to receive the signs, the opportunities, the, you know, the messages from whatever you believe in that, like, you're on track, this is going to happen for you. Now, here's an opportunity to go make $500,000. Oh my goodness. Well, there's, I'm halfway to my goal, you Mm -hmm. know, but you probably wouldn't, we're going to get that if you're just sitting and watching Netflix. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've talked to a few people who just believe in just the manifestation without the action. And I'm like, that's not even the definition of manifestation. And, you know, I, I we tend to omit things to fit into our little box, right? Not realizing the bigger picture. And if we can get that bird's eye view of partnering with money, having this money relationship, realizing that there's stories that are going to trigger us that are going to come back and say, you're not worthy. You didn't do that right. You made a mistake with in that financial. I had a client who they were um, a small business owner and they she was doing all the books and she made a mistake and it cost them 40, I think it was $40,000 in taxes. And they just didn't have the money to pay for it. And, you know, they made an arrangement plan, but she was so embarrassed because she had been doing the books and, but it made her feel unworthy to do this position that she had been doing for all these years. And it kept triggering her like, you know, every single time. And then as you know, they were going towards retirement, selling the business, her role was stepping back. They hired another bookkeeper to, you know, to take over her position full time. And she, it brought back all these memories and triggered her to the point where she was making mistakes in her own personal finances. So a lot of that we do is really about the thoughts and the feelings and digging to those layers through those layers so that we can understand, like, why is this? And, you know, like I always, I love to talk about our parents because everything that we learn about finances comes from our parents and they don't teach it to us intentionally. If you think about it, like no one teaches us finances unless you actually go into the business and, you know, like there are accountants, there are bookkeepers who don't understand the financial picture because they're only focused on this one small thing. So what advice would you give to somebody that's starting off a business that wants to implement a really good system to create the money goals that they have and to partner with money? I love that you say partner with money because I think that's such a big, that's such a big statement and it's such an important statement. It's not I think that's just it. When we go into business, it's, it is, it's really 
tunnel vision and we have our goals and that's awesome. But unless you really see, like you said, the big picture, you can't really see all those moving parts and partner with money in a way that it feels like there's a positive relationship, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I would, I would say like being open to seeing everything and then continuously nurturing that relationship with money. Like if your goal is to make a certain amount of money in, in the first quarter, like, again, what do you have to do to get there? But also how can you, what's the reason behind that? What's the energy behind that? Like, why do you want to reach that goal? How is it going to make you feel? What um, emotions are attached to that? Because a lot of times the money comes and it still feels kind of crappy. You still feel out of alignment. So if you can align with the goal and with the feeling associated with that goal, I think that would be a huge thing I would share with people who are starting a business. Um, Again, like I'm just in the process of shifting out of these lack energies and these lack mentalities of like, yeah, I've got something great to offer, but I'm only going to charge like 20 bucks for it so that everyone buys it. And then I'm going to be rich. And it's like, okay, wait a second here. That doesn't (laughs) even add up. You know, like that's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important to price your product, your services at a, at a a value that you know that you're providing because you're the expert in that realm and what you have to offer to your best client is exactly the result that they need, right? You're you're addressing the result that they they have a problem and you have the resolution and for them to invest and know that what they're investing, it's not a loss. Like so many people think, oh, I have to pay for this. No, this is an investment. You know, I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about how, you know, I had to give my money in order to buy this thing. And then, you know, I was told my money was going to be gone. And once I did it, my money was gone. And in my mind, I'm like, no, you just received a a product for your money. You did your money's not gone. Your money's in that product. That's what you purchased. Yes. And there's a disconnect there between that exchange. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, the credit card, the debit card, because there's mindless exchange of that see of that energy. And how would you address that with, with a client of your own? If they came to you and said, well, I just don't see the value. I don't see me investing in your product, your program, you know, 10,000, 5,000, whatever it is. How would you address that with them with the mindset? I really love this. I really love this this question because we both just went through this. So Leon and I just purchased, we just invested in an online course to better ourselves, to better our business, to learn how to create our own online course. This is all brand new to us. Mm-hmm. And when we first got to the sales page and we were mulling it over and it's like, oh, no way. I don't want to spend that money on. Like, it's not worth it. We can totally figure this out on our own. No. <laughs> No. Um, but that's so the glad first you had that realization. Yeah. Oh gosh. I was like, it was like one moment of lack and total constriction and total like, I cannot afford this. We don't have enough. You go through all those things that again, like that trigger point within me, because it wasn't a it wasn't a small amount of money. It wasn't, you know, to us, it was like, and him being on parental leave. And there were all these like little things that came through. And then finally we got to a point where we're like, this is our business. We want to take this seriously. We want to do this right. 
not only do we want to support other people doing amazing things, but we want to learn how to do it too. And if we're going to do all this free stuff, which I'm so grateful that people offer, you know, a free, uh, like freebies and stuff like that, free guides. But I rarely look at those free guides because they're free. Mm-hmm. When I do the work, it's because I've invested the money and the time. And, you know, we're doing this to better ourselves. There's just so many rays that come off of this purchase, this investment that are positive. And when you get into that spiral of like, there's not enough, we can do this on our own. You know, that's too much, blah, blah, blah. It's like your vibration, your energy just sinks. And then there's like, there's no, there's no way that that's going to ever feel in alignment. But when we came at it from the perspective of like, no, this is an investment in us. And if we sold one of our courses or two of our courses, it would make itself back. There's that energy exchange again, right? right? So if someone came to me and said, our products are too expensive, that's when the conversation starts, right? It's like, well, why? What is expensive to you? Or I don't want to spend that much or there's no value in it. Okay. Well, why though? Like what, what is value to you? What would be valuable? What do you value in your life? That was a huge thing that Leon and I went through when we started this business. It's like, we value our family. We value time with our our children. We value our relationships. So we're doing everything in our business to meet and, and link back to those values. That's the conversation I'd have with someone is if you're buying a course on manifestation and mindset, but you don't care. Well, of course not. Right. If that's not one of your values to have a positive mindset, then probably there's someone else out there to help you. Right. But if, if your value is to be in an abundance mindset and to be living your priceless life, if that's whatever that looks like for you, then of course, investing in our, our, our course or our products, you know, we'd have to get into a place of seeing that worth and seeing that value. And then also seeing their worth and their value, you know, because I think a lot of my reaction to the price of the course was like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm not good enough to like, even spend that much money on learning. Mm -hmm. Well, I spent a pretty penny on college and I loved every minute of it, you know, and I was worthy of it then. So just cause I'm an adult and, you know, I don't know, it's just such a funny trail of thoughts that happen when you go into situations like that, but. And it is, and (laughs) and so many invest and a college education. And it was almost a requirement. When I graduated in 1985, you really didn't have to go to college. In 1986, you had to go to college. Like no one would hire you unless you had a college degree. And I was like, and a lot of the the baby boomers had a lot to do with it because I mean, the market was saturated, but there was no jobs. So to weed out the people, they're like, well, you got to have this, you got to have that. And like I were, I retired from the social security administration after a 30 year career and a lot of the people that were getting hired in the last five years of my career, some of them had double master degrees. And I'm like, why are you working for the government? Like what? And they couldn't get a yeah. job, two master degrees. And, you know, they've just made it so. And it, it just amazes me that people would spend, you know, depending on, you know, private state college or depending on scholarships or whatever, you know, but the bottom out of pocket, I mean, for a state school, $20,000 for you know like their cost just their cost with scholarships and that no biggie here's $20,000 yeah. educate me and then what yes. do you what's the ROI nothing yes. you can get a job yeah. <laughs> you don't get a job yeah. and you you don't love what you're doing 
And then you yes. have a sense of, I'm going to work because I have to pay the bills. And, yes. and just changing that thought process, I get to go to work and I get yeah. to pay the bills and I'm going to change my job. I'm going to do something I love. What do I love to do? And when you're in aligned with what you love to do, you don't have to work hard. You get to work yes. fun yes. and you get to have fun with finances because you love it and you can't help it. I did an online course with a lady last year. And this is when my mindset really started to shift around money. Cause you just triggered a thought there when you said we get to pay our bills and an exercise in the course was writing down your bills. And why are you grateful for them? Because that's flipping it all on its head, right? So, you know, we pay for hydro, we pay for rent, we have our cars, da, 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 da. So I wrote down rent. I'm grateful to have a roof over my head. I'm grateful for a home. I'm grateful for, you know, a place where my kids can be playing and all of these things. And then we went to hydro. It's like, I'm grateful for heat. I'm grateful we can cook and, you know, feel comfortable in our home. And then you go down the list and it's like, that really flips things on its head. So whenever I send out my rent bill, my rent payment to our landlord, I write in the little EFT uh, description sent with gratitude. And every time I feel it, I feel it. Cause it's like, I'm so grateful to be able to live here and to be able to have you know, that exchange of money for rent and money for comfort and money for security. Like we live in this beautiful home. I'm, I'm happy. I'm grateful for that. I don't want to have those. Oh, I got to pay that bill. Cause that just doesn't feel good. And then you're in that back in that mentality of like, I don't deserve this or, you know, that negative uh, attachment to your money and to the relationship you have with it. Exactly. How do you feel about paying taxes? Okay, listen. <laughs> no, you know what? As like an entrepreneur, it's a it's a whole new realm for me to learn about it. My mom did my taxes for years. Um, and next year when we do our taxes and this year as well, like I actually got a contract with a tax lady to help her out with her social media for a little bit this year. And so I'm able to we're able to go to her for our taxes, but um yeah, that's yeah. I'm working on that one. This year there was a little bit of a mix up and I had to pay a lot of taxes and I was like, "Oh my gosh." And yeah. then the mix up sorted itself out and I got all that money back. So I was like, "Okay. Next year when when we will have to pay taxes cuz we will be making more money." Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll talk then. <laughs> Just get as many write-offs as you can. <laughs> that's my goal. That's that's exactly it. That's but you know, I do think, right I do think, I do like think and, and tap into like, and I know it's different in the States, but like we had to um, have our daughter in the hospital. We were planning a home birth and then we end up having to go to the hospital. Everything's fine. She's wonderful and healthy. And so am I, but I was like, I'm so grateful for that because, you know, in different countries, that's not always available. Or if it is, there's a big price tag on it. So I, I can come back to the gratitude you know, and we receive a uh, child tax benefit from our government because we have children and it helps us pay for their crazy expensive diapers and for their, you know, we save up for maybe their education, probably not whatever. I don't know what they're going to do in 18 years, but travel yeah. or have a lump sum of money or whatever. Right. So I, I can flip it on its head, but the initial feeling is like, oh, oh <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't go away. It doesn't matter how yeah. long. I, I, know I know when when tax time comes around, 
I'm, I'm always positive that we're getting a, a refund just because we strategically plan it that way, but not a huge refund because I don't want Uncle Sam holding on to my money that long. I want to hold it on for myself and make it multiply because yes. it's all about multiplying our money, our money having babies. So if you ever read yeah. that book, Man in Babylon, our gold gets to have gold and, and their gold. So you get, you know, you get great, great, great grandchildren <laughs> all the way beyond this. <laughs> generation. And um, it's a great book. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. And uh, for those of you listening as well. So thank you, Krista. I really enjoyed our conversation and your what you're doing. I love the name of your, I love that your last name, your new, your future last name um, yes. is your new business and that you and your partner are just joining together, partnering with money to create this wonderful ripple effect for your, your all ideal audience. Who is your ideal audience? Who do you work with? I think that we're we're really focusing on people like us. So, you know, mm-hmm. people who have children who want to spend more time with their children. That's a really big part of our priceless life is our girls and being at home with them. My partner used to work 16 hour days um, out of the home and night shift. And, you know, this time with him on parental leave has really shown us like our girls are our number one. So I think we're looking to help people who have that sort of energy of like, you know, being with their family, wanting to live their best life. Maybe people who are younger, I don't know, like I'm only 30. And I think to myself, do I really know enough to share with people who are older than me? And then I remember I've taught people like 70 year olds yoga, so I can do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Age doesn't matter, but gearing it towards like that, that one person, just like you, like, obviously you're coaching, serving the result that you already have. And yes. you'd be surprised at how many women uh, over 50 have never even looked at a checkbook. They don't know how to do finances. A lot of entrepreneurs combine their money. They don't cut themselves a paycheck. They combine their business and their personal expenses. And rule number one, don't do that. Keep it separate. And like, you know, there's yeah. strategies to implement to keep our money so that, you know, the business is here, the personal is here. So you can have that priceless life. And, you know, yes. there's certain things that have to be, you know, an order of operation that has to be implemented in order to get to those goals, those money goals. So to have that priceless life, like I really encourage everyone, just what does a priceless life mean to you? Connect with Krista. The link to reach her will be in the show notes. And just for the audio, what what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? So we're on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we've got our website and we are on YouTube as well doing some fun little money shorts. So check okay. us out there. We're all over social media. It's at the priceless life. Perfect. Yeah. Very easy. Remember priceless is with a Y again, check with the, the show. <laughs> Don't forget the Y ladies and <laughs> any gentleman that may be listening. So thanks for tuning in. If you know someone who needs to hear this show, please share it. Give us some love. Give us a five-star rating and subscribe. We're hitting 1,000 downloads. So we want you to be a part of all the good things about I Date Money because it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to rate the show. Give us some love. We would love your review. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. And some words of advice, pay yourself first. Are you ready to partner with money? Go check out the money dating game at idatemoney.com and choose your partner. We hope you always get the date you want. Hey, 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 
Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it.